I present to you this Halloween, as if 2020 hadn't been scary enough, an excerpt from the most mesmerising book, True Ghost Stories by Hereward Carrington, published in 1915. In the book, Mr Carrington presents a number of startling cases, but they are not the ordinary ghost stories, based on pure fiction and having no foundation in reality. They are a well-arranged collection of incidents, all thoroughly investigated and vouched for, and the testimony obtained first-hand and corroborated by others. This excerpt is entitled Rescue at Sea. Mr Robert Bruce, descended from some branch of the Scottish family of the same name, was born in humble circumstances about the close of the 18th century at Torbay in southern England, and there bred up to a seafaring life. When about 30 years of age, in the year 1828, he was first mate on board a bark trading between Liverpool and St John's, New Brunswick. On one of her voyages, bound westward, being then some five or six weeks out, and having neared the eastern portion of the banks of Newfoundland, the captain and the mate had been on deck at noon, taking an observation of the sun, after which they both descended to calculate their day's work. The cabin, a small one, was immediately at the stern of the vessel, and the short stairway descending to it ran athwart ships. Immediately opposite to this stairway, just beyond a small square landing, was the mate's stateroom, and from that landing there were two doors close to each other, the one opening aft into the cabin, the other fronting the stairway into the stateroom. The desk of the stateroom was in the forward part of it, close to the door, so that anyone sitting at it and looking over his shoulder could see into the cabin. The mate, absorbed in his calculation, which did not result as he had expected, varying considerably from the dead reckoning, had not noticed the captain's motions. When he had completed his calculations, he cried out without looking round, I make our latitude and longitude so-and-so. Can that be right? How is yours, sir? Receiving no reply, he repeated the question, glancing over his shoulder and perceiving as he thought the captain busy at his slate. Still no answer. Thereupon he rose, and, as he fronted the cabin door, the figure he had mistaken for the captain raised his head and disclosed to the astonished mate the features of an entire stranger. Bruce was no coward, but as he met that fixed gaze looking directly at him in grave silence, and became assured that it was no one to whom he had ever seen before, it was too much for him, and instead of stopping to question the seeming intruder, he rushed upon deck in such evident alarm that it instantly attracted the captain's attention. Why, Mr. Bruce, said the latter, what in the world is the matter with you? The matter, sir? Who is that at your desk? No one that I know of. But there is, sir, there's a stranger there. A stranger? Why, man, you must be dreaming. You must have seen the steward there or the second mate. Who else would venture down there without orders? But, sir... He was sitting in your armchair, fronting the door, writing on your slate. Then he looked up full in my face, 
and if ever I saw a man plainly and distinctly in the world, I saw him. Him? Who? Heaven knows, sir. I don't. I saw a man, and a man I have never seen in my life before. You must be going crazy, Mr Bruce. A stranger, and we nearly six weeks out. The captain descended the stairs, and the mate followed him. Nobody in the cabin. They examined the staterooms. Not a soul could be found. Well, Mr Bruce, said the captain, did not I tell you that you had been dreaming? It's all very well to say so, sir, but if I didn't see that man writing on the slate, may I never see home and family again. Ah, writing on the slate. Then it should be still there. And the captain took it up. By heaven, he exclaimed, here's something sure enough. Is that your writing, Mr Bruce? The mate took the slate, and there, in plain, legible characters, stood the words, Steer to the Norwest. The captain sat down at his desk, the slate before him, in deep thought. At last, turning the slate over and pushing it towards Bruce, he said, Write down... Steer to the Norwest. The mate complied, and the captain, comparing the two handwritings, said, Mr Bruce, go and tell the second mate to come down here. He came, and at the captain's request also wrote the same words. So did the steward. So in succession did every man of the crew who could write at all. But not one of the various hands resembled in any degree the mysterious writing. When the crew retired, the captain sat deep in thought. Could anyone have been stowed away, at last, he said. The ship must be searched. Order up all hands. Every nook and corner of the vessel was thoroughly searched. Not a living soul was found. Accordingly, the captain decided to change the vessel's course according to the instructions received. A lookout was posted, who shortly reported an iceberg, and then shortly after, a vessel close to it. As they approached, the captain's glass disclosed the fact that it was a dismantled ship, apparently frozen to the ice. It proved to be a vessel from Quebec, bound for Liverpool, with passengers on board. She had got entangled in the ice, and finally frozen fast, and had passed several weeks in a most critical situation. She was stove, her deck swept, in fact a mere wreck, all her provisions and almost all her water gone. Her crew and passengers had lost all hope of being saved, and their gratitude at the unexpected rescue were proportionately great. As one of the men who had been brought away in the third boat ascended, the mate catching a glimpse of his face, started back in consternation. It was the very face that he had seen three or four hours before looking up at him from the captain's desk. He communicated that to the captain. After the comfort of the passengers had been seen to, the captain turned to the stranger and said to him, I hope, sir, you will not think I am trifling with you, but I would be much obliged to you if you would write a few words on this slate. And he handed him the slate with that side up on which the mysterious writing was not. 
I will do anything you ask, replied the passenger, but what shall I write? A few words is all I want. Suppose you write, steer to the nor'west. The passenger, evidently puzzled to make out the motive of such a request, complied, however, with a smile. The captain took up the slate and examined it closely. Then, stepping aside so as to conceal the slate from the passenger, turned it over and gave it to him the other side up. "'You say this is your handwriting?' said he. "'I need not say so,' replied the other, looking at it, "'for you saw me write it.' "'And this?' said the captain, turning the slate over. The man looked first at one writing, and then at the other, quite confounded. At last, "'What is the meaning of this?' said he. "'I only wrote one of these. Who wrote the other?' "'That's more than I can tell you, sir. "'My mate here says you wrote it, "'sitting at this desk at noon today.' "'The captain of the wreck and the passenger "'looked at each other, "'exchanging glances of intelligence and surprise. "'Then the former asked the latter, "'Did you dream that you wrote at this slate?' "'No, sir, not that I remember.' "'You speak of dreaming,' said the captain of the bark. "'What... "'was this gentleman about at noon today?' "'Captain,' rejoined the other, the captain of the wreck, "'the whole thing is most mysterious and extraordinary, "'and I had intended to speak to you about it "'as soon as we had a little quiet. "'This gentleman,' pointing at the passenger, "'being much exhausted, fell into a heavy sleep, "'or what seemed such, some time before noon. "'About an hour or more after, he awoke and said to me, "'Captain,' We shall be relieved this very day. When I asked him what reason he had for saying so, he replied that he had dreamed that he was on board a bark and that she was coming to our rescue. He described her appearance and her rig, and to our utter astonishment, when your vessel hove in sight, she corresponded exactly to his description of her. We had not put much faith in what he said, yet we still hoped there might be something in it, for drowning men, as you know, catch at straws. As it turned out, I cannot doubt that it was all arranged by some overruling providence. There is not a doubt, replied the captain of the bark, that the writing on the slate, let it come there as it may, saved all your lives. I was steering at the time considerably south of west, and I altered my course for the nor'west, and had a look out aloft to see what would come of it. But you say, he added, turning to the passenger, that you did not dream of writing on a slate. No, sir. I have no recollection whatsoever of doing so. I got the impression that the bark I saw in my dream was coming to rescue us, but how that impression came I cannot tell. There is another very strange thing about it, he added. Everything here on board seems to be quite familiar, yet I am very sure that I was never in your vessel before. It is all a puzzle to me. What did your mate see? Thereupon Mr. Bruce related to them all the circumstances above detailed. Happy Halloween and goodbye.